Welcome to another episode of the Brown and Black Podcast. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. And every week we take a look at race and pop culture through a brown and black lens. Mike, it looks like Barbie is all anyone can talk about. I mean, you go outside to a restaurant and there's people to the side that are talking about it. My wife, all her friends on her Instagram are dressing up like Barbie. Everyone's going out to the movie. Ben Shapiro, of all people, Republican politicians are chiming in on this. It is the cultural event of 2023, and we're going to be doing an in-depth analysis, but from a brown and black perspective that you're not going to see in the New York Times, folks. We'll try to peel the Latino and black layers of this film. The reaction of men of the about the patriarchy, it's a big thing in this movie, Mike. I mean, they really went there. How the future of movie going is going to be female. Why America Ferreira is going to be nominated for a Best Supporting Actress, in my opinion. And Mike, I know I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but I'm going to lay it out on you. I'm going to make an argument for why Barbie is really a Latino movie. Does this have anything to do with the fact that she's so color coordinated? <laughs> Hey, Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? But before we discuss all this, Mike, did you think that this movie, Barbie, was going to become the cultural phenomenon that it became? Well, I'd say, of course not. I mean, I, like you, have just kind of sat back and watched this whole thing snowball. But I will say this, that from a marketing standpoint, they've been marketing this film for like a year. <laughs> so... This is definitely a time where it paid off. There have been movies Uh, in the past where they marketed it way out and then it didn't work. Does anybody remember Snakes on a Plane? Okay. Oh, yeah. Remember how that was marketed way out the title alone? It's like, oh, my God, Snakes on a Plane, Samuel L. Jackson. Then the movie came out and nobody did anything. For me, this wasn't marketing. This was some form of brain programming. Like... It really goes to show you, Mike, that marketing is everything in society. Things are marketing to us at every single second. I just saw the other day. I had to do a screen grab because I couldn't believe it. Chase Bank 
is now marketing a debit card for kids. I mean, geez, you're starting then that young? Somebody will argue that's a good thing, but man, <laughs> that's quite young to be marketing. And then I heard Facebook and social media and Zuckerberg also want to create like a Facebook for kids. So from a very young age, people have been marketing to us. So for this movie to pierce through all that marketing noise, to touch us in this way, to convince every black teenager to sing Barbie boy in a Barbie world and make this cool for everyone. Yo, dude, outside of the Republicans, which are maybe like five of them that didn't like the movie, everybody else loved this movie. And I was going, what would happen if you were to just encapsulate the marketing formula and apply it to your small business, apply it to your social media account, apply it to your personal life in whatever way, marketing? Well, here's the thing, though. Barbie is not just a movie, okay? And that's what you have to remember. Barbie is representative of something. It's representative of a lot of things. For the last, whatever, 60 years, Barbie, everybody knows what a Barbie is. It is it is iconic, but it is also a cultural reference. You can say a woman is a Barbie. You can say uh, playing with Barbies. or When you think of a doll, female doll, you think of Barbie. That, that, that's iconic. And, and all the controversy about her. And you know how, if you go to the Mattel site, there's like a whole section. There's the the honoring the black community, Barbie, <laughs> and the celebrating black representation. And then meet Barbie and her family of, you know, spotlighting black role. They have all of this on their site. So Barbie, to me, again, coming back to your question of the, the reasons, I think there are a couple of things. One, I think Barbie is is much more than an IP. Okay, it is it is it is like the IP of IPs in that it has so much cultural reference and significance to your parents, your parents, parents. It's been around long enough. It's multi-generational. It's multi-generational. Exactly. But what does Barbie represent? Barbie represents your childhood and specifically letting go of childhood. There is a point you can measure as a woman to when you stopped playing with Barbies. Okay. So you're saying it's like a it's like a chronological marker. It, it of is, your, it is. It's a marker. Your life development, right? It's life development. There's a point where you stop playing with Barbies and you're saying, boy, it's like like getting it for your driver's license. It's like, hey, you know, I'm <laughs> yes, not that, I'm actually that's a bike. good one. That's a right, good one. The you driver's know? license. You know so, you've come into manhood. Right? Exactly. You know I've come in. So so I think and Barbie represents Barbie is one of the fondest memories as a woman you can have. And I say that as a dad who had a daughter, there's an emotional component you cannot buy. You cannot put a value on that emotional component. It's like a song, man. Like that's that one song that comes on. It's like, yeah, there are a ton of songs came out that year, but that song for you, that's it. That's got a value you can't measure. So I think Barbies have that memory. Then the third thing is in terms of the marketing, okay, everybody's curious because it's not the first Barbie movie. It's not the first Barbie, like you said, the, the, at the beginning of the show, we play, you You told me, oh, we're going to play a Barbie song. I'm like, what Barbie song from the movie? You're like, no, there was a Barbie song way back then. So Barbie has been around in different incarnations, but in an age where everything's being turned into a movie, even cartoons <laughs> are being turned into movies, you wonder, okay, lightning in a bottle, 
is Barbie going to be lightning in a bottle? Because Barbie, Barbie literally is lightning in a bottle right now. It's like you could just print money. If you got anything with Barbie on it, you're good to go. So that since I can't think since Pirates of the Caribbean has a, a something transitioned onto the screen so well and, and been so well received, I can't think of it. So I think lightning in a bottle because we all know when that happens, Star Wars, whatever. And then the fourth thing I think is Margot Robbie. A lot of people love Margot Robbie. Really? I per- personally think she's okay, but I was surprised by how many women. Even my daughter, I said, "Do you want to see Barbie?" She's, of course, Margot Robbie. So like, let me ask what? you. You know what? Let me ask you. So your your daughter's Afro Latina. Uh, yes, she's not yes, she white is. in any way. No. And I'm no. going Margot Robbie. Yeah, exactly. So, so was I. I was going Margot Robbie. But what now? Here come back to Margot Robbie is the perfect casting for Barbie because what does Margot Robbie represent? What has she played? What kind of characters has she been known for? She's hit like the the three, four bases of female characters you can play. She's been like the 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 girlfriend of of the, you know, the but but the one who's smarter than the than the boy in, in the DiCaprio film. She's been Harley Quinn. She's been she's all women been of these, empowerment. All women of empowerment. Exactly. So what does Margot Robbie represent? She represents uh, so the, the future. Ideal, the ideal yes. Yes. that Yes. That modern woman that yes. unfortunately our mothers weren't able to have the freedom to because of what the movie actually speaks about and focuses on mostly, which is the patriarchy. So when you see a black audience, especially mm-hmm. female, watch this movie in particular with two white leads and giggle about it. It's interesting how we vanish the racist conflict that we've had in this country. And how art just allows us at least for two hours and maybe throughout the whole promotion of the film to fucking have a relationship between different cultures and the white majority. Not if you're the Little Mermaid. Well, that's also a very interesting parallel because now you're now you're making the point of the reversal, how it doesn't work. Yeah. In the so what you're saying is essentially this, that black, Latina, women, Asian, Indian, American, we can cease conflict on social issues that are affecting us because they're white. But if you ask a white person to cancel their conflictive rhetoric, they won't do that. There, there's a term, and you, and you can look it up, listeners can look it up, something called neuromarketing. And, and it's a study they began not too long ago where they're looking at, you know, what is marketing? Why do we respond? What, what, what are the, what's the measurement of physiological neural signals and all this other stuff? <laughs> and, and, but, but the, like you said, we are programmed from the beginning. So people of color, brown and black people, we are conditioned to embrace the dominant culture. We are conditioned to, to embrace these white stories, these white characters these i i this i is all we've consumed this is of course it's we like we are a byproduct yes. of yes. the marketing which has mostly been white marketing at us at such a rate in our childhoods I mean, my dad me my daughter all have lived in a white dominated society 
though there are more opportunities now and there are more dolls now, we're still going to be able to consume that and be able to embrace that and be happy to see the black Barbie as the president and you know, the Latino mom is, is the one who's changing the Barbie because she's so depressed at being a mom. Mike, do you think that this movie would have worked out if Barbie was black and Ken was Latino? No, because I think that that would have distracted from what Barbie is in many ways. And it also would have been distracted from what this movie is trying to say about Why? Barbie. Because, well, because I think this is, this is I mean, more, isn't this the era to express our diversity? Uh, yeah, but I'm not leaving that to white filmmakers. I don't expect Greta Gerwig to do, to do, to talk about diversity. I'm not looking for her to make that movie. Now, if a black or Latina uh, filmmaker were going to make Barbie, then yeah, I would expect that. But I don't expect that from Greta Gerwig and Noah Bamba. I enjoy the fact that it is talking about gender dynamics because I think gender dynamics and racial dynamics are very close cousins in terms of racism, sexism. But I definitely do not think that this would have worked as that because I think you've got the Ben Shapiro's who are up in arms because of <laughs> because the patriarchy. Exactly. What are they saying about They're attacking the white man yet again? You know, all of that. Anti-man, so, it's an anti-man no, movie. Anti-white man, all anti -white that. Anti-white man, it's a it's the wokest movie it's the ever -W -M. recorded in history. All right, well, anyway, <laughs> so everything that is not completely white is considered woke. So... You know, she's and she's stereotypical Barbie, which which I think in itself is a nod to what she is. Right. I wanted to ask you specifically more now that we're talking about the criticisms of the movie. You know, we're both two guys that saw this movie. I'm not exactly sure that we are the target audience. I think this target audience is hyper feminine. I think it's mother daughters audiences. I'm sure that the father, much like in the movie, is the, you know, sidekick for that, the bystander, uh, the supporter, the cheerleader. That's the role of men going to see this movie. But as two guys watching this movie, one black, one Latino, Mike, did any of the patriarchy subject matter get to you in any way? Well, I'm the wrong person to ask, Jack, because I am, I, I call myself a closet feminist, but I, I, I am a feminist and, and, and I kind of became a feminist by accident because I was, I was doing research for a science fiction story I was working on and, and I wanted to use feminism as part of this character. And I, I, I totally, I went down the rabbit hole and I, I, I could drop names and books and things that you'd be like, what? But if you met me during that period. I, I was very much in it. So I enjoyed the message because, as I said, I think that sexism and racism are very, very similar. I think it is very easy. You know, you say, as a man, that's okay. It's the same thing as going to see, quote unquote, a chick flick as the same it is going to see a black film. Are you going to get it? Is this film for me? Is this film for me? And and then I would ask, is it, is it just preaching to the choir, talking about feminism, or do men need to hear this? Man, that's a great question. Fuck yeah, we need to hear this. Look, the reason I bring it up is because I know I'm not the target audience for Barbie. Uh, right. They don't, I mean, just look at the way they treated Ken throughout the whole movie, uh, which is essentially an extension of the way the doll was treated by girls. It's like, ugh, 
know, Ken doesn't really matter. Listen, Barbie listen, I had Ken, I had Ken and my G.I. Joes did not treat him well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's this secondary thing. So what's interesting to me is that Barbie is the reversal of society. It's the matriarchy where the patriarchy are the second class citizens. And uh, well, I guess in this movie, they're multicultural, but men overall, the patriarchy are the second class citizens. Because to me, the villain was the patriarchy. You know, it was the Mattel offices in the boardroom with not one single woman. You could tell the relationship between America Ferrer and her husband. He just seemed to be a accessory almost like a Ken. I think all of that was deliberate. You know, men are taking second place here. But there's that guilt, Mike. What? You're going to ignore it? You're going to just hide behind, oh, I'm a feminist, Jack? And doesn't the patriarchy system benefit you in any way? Because that made me, this movie, slightly, slightly, made me feel guilty for living in a patriarchy and benefiting from it as a man. And I don't know how many other men are saying this, but dude, there's a certain shame that a whole movie was built around a feminist hero challenging a whole system that exists today and that's been existence in the prehistoric times. And that the only way we're going to get the because it's a fucking system, it's just an ideology. It's just a bunch of dudes, all of us, got together in a fucking room and said, yo, no one else outside of us men will have the kingdom. Not even our women, not even our mothers. I went to Marrakesh. I told you about this. I experienced it firsthand. I felt guilty to be living in a patriarchy. And what can I do to dissolve it? Which I feel is the commentary of the film. How do we dissolve it so we can all be 50-50 in society. Well, uh, I don't know if you want me to respond to that. Uh, I mean, I can't. No, I no, no, not at all. all right. Let's just all right. move well, on. I respond yeah. to, I'm going to respond to it, but I'm going to have to say to you, Jack, that, you know, for me, this was this is not a new revelation. I mean, I mean, this is a revelation for you. This is not a revelation for me. I didn't, I had zero guilt going into this and I, I didn't, I'm not hiding behind feminism. Feminism was a revelation for me. It was eye-opening. It, was, it made me realize that I had grown up in a society that was completely patriarchal. Again, this is like 25 years ago. I realized all my heroes, James Bond, all the things I looked up to, all the things I admired growing up as a kid were all supporting the system. And then being black, reading all these things, Adrian Rich and, and, and all, all of these authors who were writing feminism. And then as you discover feminism, then you realize the racism in white, feminism and then you have to go on to to read other writers alice walker who who coined the term womanist as opposed to feminist because she didn't want to be connected to that movement so for me yes i could go on again you're, you're you're tapping into something i have volumes to say about but yes that's why i say i enjoy the message of the film uh, i think it's a good delivery system to say this i think men should look at themselves i think specifically for men specifically for men of color to look at their behavior and how they've been victims of racism, but they have practiced the same tenets if they're sexist. 
and have benefited. White privilege and male privilege are very similar, very similar, you know, because there are things men can get away with. There are things men don't have to even think about ever. Right. And I think that's part of the guilt. You know, movies like A Promising Young Woman that talks about the patriarchy there and rape culture. The Handmaid's Tale, another one. You're going to tell me you watch those movies jaded? Oh, I already dude, know what's going on with the patriarchy. Dude, dude no. I read I, The Handmaid's Tale when it was a novel. Well, this is what so I'm, I'm saying. So I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying I, I was, you don't feel I was aware of all this. Well, is They're using art, film, to essentially yell in anger that something needs to be done about this patriarchy. Movies like Promising Young Woman might be well-made and slickly produced, but what it says about who we are as men is disgusting. And then you look at just the history of it, and I'm going... Are there any laws being lobbied or policies to change this around? When are we having our first female president? Women are creating, expressing themselves through art to let us know. Let's do something about this patriarchy now. And all you men, what are you doing about dissolving it, removing it from society? Because it benefits us. So I... I was just asking, dude, to see if you had any feelings that you got from that movie because seeing Ken, maybe we deserve to be second-class citizens after, I don't know, hundreds of years being in charge. Maybe it's the woman's turn. I know that's not feminism, but you know what? Let them be in charge for a while. Well, first of all, like I said, you're in my wheelhouse, so I don't want to be long-winded, but I will say yes. You look at the countries that are most progressive around the world right now, and they are run by women. And I do believe the future is female for many reasons and in many ways. That being said, just to give you one example for me, what, what I learned, how I changed in terms of my behavior as a male, not from this movie, but again, if you get from this movie some of what I got from reading about feminism, from discovering feminism, from exploring it and understanding it, I would say it changed the way I work. When I teach, like I, I've taught audio production radio, I would always take the women aside and tell them how valuable it is for them specifically to have the skills to be able to produce audio. When I was teaching filmmaking, I would always make sure that the women know that that's the power, that knowledge, the reason why women weren't allowed to go to school or write or the same reason black people weren't because that knowledge is power. So I'm always looking to empower. So for me, I feel like the message of this is, yes, we as men have to be allies to women and have to acknowledge that the system is completely rigged and has oh been God, yes. since birth. Yes. And, and if you don't know that by now, hopefully maybe this movie takes you over the edge. But I do feel that the, the message of this movie as a delivery system, this candy-coated, candy-colored has a lot to say about the real world. One of the interesting things 
about the movie going experience of going to see Barbie was to see how many women were in the theater. It's one of the few times that I've seen that many women and how men were rare in there. And I started thinking, I was like, wow, dude, this might be a shifting moment in society where we might start having to ask the question, is the future of movie going female? Because it's official. Women are 51 to 52% of the movie going audience. Yet you look at all the movies, the top 10 movies this year, it's all male, man. There's not that many female centric films targeted for women. Barbie targeted to a female audience, young, older, mature. Dude, number one movie of the year has broken all types of records, projections. They're thinking that this might be the first female movie to reach $1 billion. They're talking about a Ken movie. Women, they're the underappreciated audience. But they've been like that. Just go look at all the research data. Women are undervalued in the DGA, the PGA, in the SAG, in the WGA. They're still fighting as second-class citizens because Hollywood is a patriarchy. So to me, Barbie was also a repudiation of the Hollywood patriarchy in the arts, in film, in television. Donna Langley, which is the chairman of Universal Pictures, I think that is what the future of movie going looks like. A woman who hopefully, yes, she understands the value of the male-centric film, which is what Tom Cruise does so well. But maybe Tom Cruise once in a while should do his Magnolia and target a female audience. Do you think that that might be where we're headed to? It's sort of obvious that, that that's the direction we're having because of all the patterns, the, the viewing patterns of, of streaming and films. And you got to think about it. Like if they're 51% of the viewing movie viewing audience, and then like if you're going to go out on a date, you're not taking your, your girlfriend or your wife or your significant other or the, the girl you're hoping to get with to a movie you want to see. You're taking her to a movie she wants to see. So <laughs> right. she's double the money right there. Because if she's choosing the movie, yeah, you're going. So I think, yes, I think they're definitely a driving force for, for entertainment. And I think we will probably see more and more. And I think the fact that we have, I mean, people were saying the same thing when the first Wonder Woman came out. When it's like, That's whoa, right. this, made, this made more than Superman. Whoa. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's time has come. And I think there's some other movies coming up. Uh, Wakanda that, Forever, that, you know, had, a, had the Wakanda Forever. Female, we have the Black Marvels Panther. coming out, the Marvels, and it's all three female superheroes. So That's right. The Star you know, Wars I, changed their lead to yes, a female lead. Right. So I, I think we've been moving in that direction. I think this just helps propel it. And I think most importantly, the idea of having a film like this being helmed by a female director. I mean, let's not forget, she was the it girl 10 years ago. So now she's a director. I know. So. All right. So let me tell you about my opinion on why I believe Barbie is really a Latino film.
And here's my argument. I'm looking at this movie in a hundred different ways, Mike. And as a Latino, I'm going, so the biggest scene in the movie that had depth while well, it was from a Latina. Oh, so the subject family is a Latina. And that's where it all hit me. Barbie is really a Latino film. The movie centers around a prominent Latina character, Gloria. And she's played by America Ferreira. And she has a mixed race Latina daughter who's played by Ariana Greenblatt. And she's Puerto Rican. And Gloria represents all of these Latinas that are mothers, wives, professionals. We saw all the facets of America Ferreira of Latinahood. So now the white Barbie in this stage of the film is the supporting character. Because now the narrative is being pushed by a Latina story, a Latina mind, a Latina art. I mean, it's spread all over, Mike. Like the beach scene with like Ken and the guys, you know, playing volleyball or reggaeton music from Carol G in the back. I Spice, her music was also there. The husband of Gloria is a white man which shows that interracial progression. And it also says a little bit about how women, especially Latina women, see their white man as their Prince Charming, not another dark-skinned brown dude, which is, that's how I saw it as a man. It's like, wow, I remember this as a kid, how young Latina brown women were like, no, Jack, hay que mejorar la raza. So I don't think Greta Gerwig did that deliberately, and I'm not even sure if America Ferrer even noticed. To me, it was a confirmation of that again. It's like, damn, the husband wasn't brown. Latino women don't want Latino men. Latino women want that white man. And the white man is fascinated with the Latina woman, and he's learning Spanish. He's marrying a Latina woman. So now her supporting characters are all under the umbrella of Gloria. Barbie's whole journey of self-discovery is through a Latina's eyes. And it's funny, there's that huge speech, the pivotal speech, dude, the Academy Award nominee speech. The one that every woman understands. The one that pierced through the screen. Men felt it, and women heard it, and in the big chorus said, hail girl, say it again. That speech, there's a guy named Larry LaFontaine, a Puerto Rican queer writer, and on Twitter, he had mentioned that that speech reminded him of this Mexican feminist writer and philosopher by the name of Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, back in the 1600s. This woman was already bitching about the patriarchy. So then to hear it echoed four, five hundred years later, Mike. So that's why I think that Barbie is really a Latino film. Well, Mike, just to kind of wrap things up, because this movie is the number one movie of 2023, because this 
is the highest grossing film for a female director. Because this film is part of popular culture, much in the same way that Top Gun Maverick was, can Barbie get a nomination for Best Picture at the Oscars? No. I I think it will get nominated in a bunch of categories, but I can't see why not Best Picture. Ah, I mean, isn't this what the movies is about? Everyone's talking about it. We're doing a whole episode on it, yet we're not going to include it in the best pictures of 2023. It has 90%. It's a little early. It's a little early. What do you need? Because moving forward, we're going to get it now in streaming. Critics aren't going to watch it anymore. Everything that's needed to be said about the movie has been said. No one's going to talk about this movie five, six months and then add it to the total. So we can't talk about it until six months, a year, three, four years. It's in perpetuity. If we do that, this movie's now 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, the highest grossing film of the year. It made a cultural impact like no other female movie has done. Why wouldn't this movie be best picture? The only thing that would stop it from getting nominated for Best Picture is if 10 other great films came along in the last six months of this year or last five months of this year. Do you think we have those? I haven't seen 10 great films any year in the last 10 years. But, you know, yeah, I I, I don't know. I doubt it. But I I don't know. Best picture. I have to think about that. I don't know if I would see. I think it's getting best actor in Ryan Gosling because I thought he was unbelievable as Ken. He was my favorite character. I think he will get nominated. I think he will get nominated. America Ferreira as best supporting actress, in my opinion, or best actress, whichever way they want to label it. Best soundtrack. Would you put best writing? With Greta Gerwig, best directing, you know, with no, Noah Baumbach. Best directing, no freaking way, okay, dude. Okay, okay, I'm well, sorry. I like the movie, but I'm sorry. It was uneven. It seemed imbalanced. It well, was this is the first inspired. I'm hearing about it. No, this is dude, the first. Listen you know, where we've been here. No, not as not a best picture. Not a best picture. I I like the movie. I like the message of the movie. I like the performances. I think the sets are great. Well, what I love did the you not that, like? Wait, wait, hold on. Well, I what did you said, not like? I'm just going to tell you what I did not like or what my criticisms are. A, it was uneven. It was very uneven. Well, what does that mean? Okay. Uneven. The tone was uneven. The pacing was uneven. It is to me, it felt at a certain points in the movie where they were sitting on a couch as a couple going, okay, now what? I felt like as strong as it was, it was only occasionally inspired. When it was great, you were like, wow, that's great. And then it would just kind of go into like, all right, we got a bunch of stuff going for stuff. Then, oh, okay. So for me, that was the the biggest flaw in the movie for me was that I felt it was uneven, and I felt that it that it that it 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 started out great, it started out going well, and then there's a tonal shift, and then it it struggled to decide tonally where it wanted to go. For me, now that's my criticism as a film critic of the film. Now, did I like the film? Yes, I did. Did I like America Ferrara? Did I like Ryan Gosling? Yes, I did. Did I think there were some issues? Yes, I do. Were there some things that I think could have been stronger? Absolutely. So if you had the chance to recommend this to men, would you recommend it? 
I would only recommend it to certain men. I would recommend it to men who could appreciate how smart it is. It's a smart film. Yeah, I, I think like it's it. like a highbrow, camp, yeah, sophisticated exactly. film. You, you, if you get it, then you will enjoy it, and you will enjoy it. I enjoyed it all the way through. I'm just saying, I enjoyed it all the way through, but I thought it was only occasionally inspired. There were points where it was, wow, that was inspired. That that moment, that thing, that gag, this performance inspired, and then other stuff. Okay, Will Ferrell's funny. that was me yeah yeah overall i thought that this was a very difficult film to pull off there was just too much going on to satisfy everybody to satisfy conservatives christians you know this movie wasn't for them this is a movie that's going to challenge social norms genders identity race skin color patriarchy matriarchies We're going to explore it all because the thing about Barbie is that Barbie is a mirror to me. It's a mirror and a reflection of society at that moment. We're the ones that project what we want it to be. We project on it our views of the world at that moment. And in 2023, this is what the projection of Barbie represents. And I thought they did a magnificent job of manifesting that of really getting the word out there about the patriarchy and how we really need to change that now it's like really top of mind for me and how well multicultural casting has really come along you know it works well it looks like an inclusive movie and 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 i really enjoyed that and the fact that you had these actors completely be up to selling the part in the way they did those are those are very hard performances to pull off, man. Uh, Ryan Gosling was completely committed to this performance, and you enjo- <laughs> you enjoyed just how committed he was I'm to this performance. Kidding. Anywhere else yeah. I'd be a ten. I mean, just the lyrics, the composition, that song to me. Yes, fuck, man, that performance was definitely great. Definitely nominated. Definitely the nominated. song was just funny, but so layered and so deep that I would love to see it performed at the Oscars, at the Academy, and hopefully that movies like this will reach the top 10 because it has to be not just about prestige for the Oscars, but to attract an audience in 2023, they're going to have to embrace movies like this that the whole country has embraced. And let me just say, I hope movies like this also remind people of how important actors writers are and how much money is being made how much do these actors and writers actually see because everybody in there when this making all this money when the residuals come everybody there should be getting a piece of everything that's happening so i just want to put that out there Well, that's it for this episode of Brown and Black. If you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by more people. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of Brown and Black.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.